All right, you know the deal. My name is Fade965. Yes, that's F-E-D-965. And uh, welcome to Baby Blue. It is Friday, January 20th, 2022, January 20th. Is it January 20th or is it January 20th? This is a question that I'm still working on. I mean, if you say... Uh, the 20th day of January, January 20, something like that. I don't even know. Uh, everything's blending together with um, with a Spanish as I've been in Spain here um, since the summer of 2022. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, it's a different language, and but uh, it's also a different uh, format for the dates. Um, so, you know, it's all blending together and it's, you know, kind of part and parcel of reality. So we'll just, uh, you know, leave it at that as we move on because, uh, we got to move on. It is Friday. Uh, happy Friday, everyone, by the way. Hope you had a fantastic week. And if you didn't, well, there's always next week for some of you, um, for some of you, there won't be a next week. And, uh, in which case... Well, hopefully, you know, um, everything works out for you on the other side. Uh, it really depends on a lot of factors, doesn't it? Answer is yes. Um, point is that the price of Bitcoin right now is 21878 USD. The block height is 7728491. Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. And I'm looking at my book here. We have 802 days left. The day has already been crossed off. You can listen to that in the previous episode if you feel so inclined. And if not, um, well, then don't. Uh, by the way, before we you know, jump into the uh, news here, I am wearing a, uh, I would say it's a salmon red t-shirt. I've got uh, dark blue jeans and I've got um, brown leather boots with, uh, I would say, navy blue highlights. And yeah, I'm sipping on a delicious beverage out of a white can with a red lettering. Um, and you know, I just got back from uh, you know walking the dog. Um, and uh, you know, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm not gonna go into everything, uh, you know, good and evil, uh, this and that, everything that happened today. A lot happened, you know, definitely a lot happened. Um, I just got a lot to do. And, you know, life just keeps on going till that day that it doesn't. And, um, you know, hopefully that day catches us all on the, you know, the right side of the grass. Or the right side of the field. Uh, however you like to put it, however you want to put it. You know what I mean? Point is that from the New York Times, allies failed to reach agreement on German-made tanks for Ukraine. Live updates. From the Washington Post, all hail Toadzilla. Giant toad in Australia could be world's largest. Look at that, Toadzilla. From BBC News, Rishi Sunak fined for not wearing seatbelt in back of car. Wow. AP, protests move into uh, Peru's capital met by tear gas and smoke. Oof. The Guardian, sailor rescued by Colombian Navy after 24 days of drift, survived eating stock cubes. 
Jesus. On Fox News, Afghan opposition groups outraged that UN employees photographed under Taliban flag. Oof. Uh, from NDTV, BBC apologized for sexist headline on Jacinda Ardern's resignation. From Fox Business, over 1 million French workers strike against effort to raise retirement age. BBC News, Andrew Tate has police detention in Romania extended. BBC News. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it just uh, you know keeps going, doesn't it? Until that day that it doesn't. And, you know, what's going to happen that day? Well, I mean, I'm not really sure. Not really sure. I mean, a lot could happen. I mean, this and that. You know what I mean? This and that. Um, we'll be getting into it, you know, slowly but surely. I mean, and there's just a lot to get to. That's also one of the great things about reality is that there's a lot to get to. If you, um, um, you put in the effort and you keep an open mind, Okay, um, that's really that I would say the two keys to this whole thing. Um, and you got to have the keys because there are a lot of locks. Okay, so remember that. Uh, point being is that we're gonna go and just move right along here, and I want to pick up where we left off. Uh, I did think it was, you know, interesting here and definitely worth. Um, you know, getting into a little bit more here. We're on the Asuras. Remember that? So let's go with the characteristics of the Asuras. And the earliest Vedic, uh, or Vedic, excuse me, in the earliest Vedic literature, all supernatural beings are called Devas and Asuras. A much-studied hymn of the Rig Veda states, Deva Asura, Asuras who have become Devas, and contrasts it with Asura Adhiva, Asuras who are not Devas. Each Asura and Deva emerges from the same father, Parajabhati, share the same residence, Haloka, eat together the same food and drink, Soma, and have innate potential, knowledge, and special powers in Hindu mythology. The only thing that distinguishes Asura who become Deva from Asura who remain Asura is intent, action, and choices they make in their mythic lives. Asuras who remain Asura share the character, the character of powerful beings obsessed with their craving for ill-gotten ill Soma and for wealth, ego, anger, unprincipled nature, force, and violence. Further, in Hindu mythology, when they lose, miss, or don't get what they want because they were distracted by their cravings, the Asuras who remain Asuras question, challenge, and attack the Asuras who become Devas to loot or extract a portion of what the Devas have and the Asuras do not. The hostility between the two groups is a source of extensive legends, tales, and literature in Hinduism. However, many texts discuss their hostility in neutral terms, without explicit moral connotations or condemnation. Some of these tales constitute the background of major Hindu epics and annual festivals, such as the story of Asura Ravana and Deva Rama in the Ramayana, and the legend of Asura Kalyashakapu and Deva Vishnu as Narashima. The latter celebrated with the Hindu spring festival of Haluka and Holi. In Buddhist mythology, while all the gods of the Kama Delta are subject to passions to some degree, the Asuras above all are addicted to them, especially wrath, pride, envy, insincerity, falseness, boasting, and bellicosity. The Asuras are said to experience a much more pleasurable life than humans, but they are plagued by envy for the Devas, whom they can see just as animals perceive humans. All right. Symbolism. Edelman and other scholars say that the 
that the dualistic concept of Asura and Deva in Hinduism is a form of symbolism found throughout its ancient and medieval literature. In the Upanishads, for example, Devas and Asuras go to Parajapati to understand what is self, Atman, soul, and how to realize. The first answer that Parajapati gives is simplistic, which is the Asuras accept and leave with, but the Devas led by Indra do not accept in question because Indra finds that he has not grasped his full significance and a given answer has inconsistencies. Doesn't it always? Answer is almost always. Edelman states that this symbolism embedded in the Upanishads is a reminder that one must struggle with presented ideas. Learning is a process and Deva nature emerges with effort. Similar dichotomies are present in the Puranas literature of Hinduism where God, Indra, Deva, and the anti-god, Virokana, Anasura, question a sage for insights in, into the knowledge of the self. Virakana leaves with the first given answer, believing now he can use the knowledge as a weapon. In contrast, Intra keeps pressing the sage, churning the ideas and learning about means to inner happiness and power. Edelman suggests that the Deva-Asura dichotomies in Hindu mythology may be seen as narrative depictions of tendencies within ourselves. The god, Deva, and anti-god Asura states Edelman are also symbolically the contradictory forces that motivate each individual and people, and thus in Deva-Asura dichotomy is a spiritual concept rather than mere genealogical category or species of being. In the Bahagavarata Purana, saints and gods are born in families of Asuras, such as Mahabali and Palala, conveying the symbolism that motivations Beliefs and actions rather than one's birth and family circumstances define whether one is Deva-like or Asura-like. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, Alright, speaking of, do you know what I mean? Let's go to the Asuria. The Asuria is the feminine of an adjective from Asura and in later text it means belonging to or having to do with demons and spirits. Asuri parallels Asura in being powerful beings and in early Vedic texts includes all goddesses. The term Asuri also means a Rakashai in Indian texts. The powers of an Asuri are projected into plants offering a remedy against leprosy. First, before all, the strong-winged bird was born, thou wast the gall thereof. Conquered in fire, the Asuri took then the shaven form of plants. The Asuri made, first of all, this medicine for leprosy, this banisher of leprosy. She banished leprosy and gave one general color to the skin. It's a charm against leprosy from Artharveda, hymn 1.24. In Book 7, Asuri is a powerful female with a special knowledge of herbs who uses that knowledge to seduce Deva Indra in Artharveda. A hymn invokes a special power in Asuri. And this hymn is stipulated for a woman as a charm to win over the lover she wants. I dig this healing herb that makes my lover look on me and weep. That bids the parting friend return and kindly greets him as he comes. This herb with one the Asuri drew Indra down from the gods. With this same herb I draw thee close that I may be most dear to thee. Thou art the peer of Suma. Yeah, thou art the equal of the sun. The peer of all the guards are thou, therefore we call thee hitherward. I am the speaker here, not thou. Speak thou where the assembly meets. Thou shalt be mine and only mine, and never mention other dames. If thou art far away beyond the rivers, far away from men, this herb shall seem to bind thee fast and bring thee back my prisoner. A maiden's love charm, Arthava Beta, hymn 7.38. 
Similarly, in the Arthava Baida, all sorts of medical remedies and charms are projected as Asuri manifested in plants and animals. Asuri Kalpa is an Abhishekchara craft which contains various rites derived from special knowledge and magic of Asuri. Yes. And in Buddhism, the Asuras are a type of supernatural being. Anti-gods, demigods, or non-god titans. In traditional Buddhist cosmology and a realm of rebirth based on one's karma in current or past lives. They are described in Buddhist texts as creatures who live in lower levels of Mount Sumuru, obsessed with sensuous aspects of existence, living with jealousy, and endlessly engaged in wars against the creatures who are devas, gods. As Buddhism spread into East Asia and Southeast Asia, the austere concept of Indian Buddhism expanded and integrated local pre-existing deities as a part of regional Buddhist pantheon. In the Asura realm, and this is still in Buddhism here, the Asura realm is one of the realms in which one can be reborn as a result of experiencing the fruits of wholesome karma while engaging in unwholesome karma. Generally, the desire realm, recognized as consisting of five realms in the realm of Asura, tends to be included among the Deva realm, but the addition of Asuras in the sixth world, Bahavakakra, was created in Tibet at the authority of Jesongkapa, the Deva Asura war. The Asuras were dispossessed of their state in Trayastishima because they became drunk and were thrown down Mount Sumu by the Buddhasta, as mentioned in Jatakas. This led to everlasting war between the Devas of Tahabatisma and Asuras, which still continues. Asurindra. In Buddhism, the leaves of the Asuras are called Asurinja. These are, there are several of these as the Asuras are broken into different tribes or factions. In Pali texts, names that are found include Varapasita, According to the Lotus Sutra, the four leaves of the Asura took refuge in the Buddha after hearing his sermon. Hmm. Look at that. So those are the Asuras. Yeah. The Asuras, huh? Look at that. So now we have a, uh, like a good idea you know, of what the Asuras are. Fascinating. Very fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? The answer is yes. Um, yeah, so this is where we're, you know, this is, I'm just trying to, you know, to see here, because, you know, should we go in deeper today, or should we, you know, call it, um, yeah, 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 let's do this, let's do this, um, we have covered, you know, the surahs, um, um, so let's just make sure though that we covered them well. Um, uh, so let's let's repat uh, or take another look at this part right here uh, in the Veda. Uh, gods, Deva, and demons Asura share both the upper world. It is only by the time of the Brahmanas that they are said to inhabit the underworld. The identification of Asura with demons stems from the description of Asura as formerly gods, Buddha the gods are said to have claimed heaven for themselves and tricked the demons ending on earth. During the Vedic period, gods aid humans against demons, 
by that God secure their own place in heaven, using humans as tools to defeat their cosmic enemies. Asura, in the earliest hymns of the Rig Veda, originally meant any supernatural spirit, either good or bad. Since the east of the Indic linguistic branches cognate with the edge of the early Iranian language, the word Asura, representing a category of celestial beings, is a cognate with old Persian Ahura. Ancient Hinduism tells that Devas, also called Suras, and Asuras were half-brothers, sons of the same father, Kashiba, although some of the Devas, such as Varuna, are also called Asuras. Later, during Puranic Age, Asura and Waksasha came to exclusively mean any of a race of anthropomorphic, powerful, possibly evil beings. Daitya, literally sons of the mother deity, Maya Danava, Rakasha, literally from harm to be guarded against, and Asura are incorrectly translated into English as demon. With the increase in asceticism during the post-Vedic period, withdrawal of sacrificial rituals was considered a threat to the gods. Ascetic humans or ascetic demons were supposed to be more powerful than gods. Pious, highly enlightened asuras such as Pallada and Bibishna are not uncommon. The asura are not, fundament are not fundamentally against the gods, nor do they tempt humans to fall. Many people metaphorically interpret the asura as manifestations of the ignoble passions in the human mind and as symbolic devices. There were also cases of power-hungry Asuras challenging various aspects of the gods, but only to be defeated eventually and seek forgiveness. Hinduism advocates the reincarnation and transmigration of souls according to one's karma. Souls, atman of the dead, are adjudged by the Yama and are accorded uh, various purging punishments before being reborn. Humans that have committed extraordinary wrongs are condemned to roam as lonely often mischief mongers, spirits for a length of time before being reborn. Many kinds of such spirits, Velatas, Paishas, Buddha, are recognized in the later Hindu text. According to Hinduism, demons are not inherently evil beings, but good by following their Dhamma, what is being evil and deceitful. However, nothing is purely evil or good, and a demon could eventually abandon his demonic nature. Just want to make sure that we understood that. And, uh, uh, you know, the last part for today uh, here in Buddhism Belief in demons does not constitute an essential feature in Buddhism. However, since belief in demons was common during the rise of Buddhism, they are integrated into the cycle of samsara. Accordingly, their malevolent condition is due to their bad karma from their previous lives. When Buddhism spread, it accommodated itself with indigenous popular ideas about demons. Okay, so um, I think we're getting it. I think we're definitely getting it. Speaking of getting it, I have to, you know, cook myself some food here. Um, I think I'm going to cook myself a steak. Uh, it is Friday. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, absolutely a, a great plan. I hope, uh, you know, you guys have, uh, guys and gals and, uh, you know, everyone else. So we have a fantastic start to your weekend. Uh you know, do whatever you got to do on the weekend, whatever you're into, uh, you know, the, and the classics are always good. To, if you have any kind of doubt, uh, you know, just go with some Led Zap, you know, get laid um, uh, back and forth between those two. Should usually do the trick uh, if you're into, you know, if you don't, if you have any kind of doubt as to what to do, uh, you know, on a Friday. Uh, that's just my suggestion. It's up to you, though. Um, uh, anyways, uh, there was something else, uh, Frank Zampa, yeah, so you probably do, uh, uh, you know, listen to some Led Zepp and get laid, and then some Frank Zappa, 
Um, well, that'll probably set you in a right, uh, for sure. Um, point being is that it is, uh, Friday, January 20th, 2023. And, uh, yeah, just have a fantastic day wherever you are. And I will, uh, see you soon.